Hi, my name is K. Into Akobodebra. Uh, welcome to today's word. Today we are going to be talking about tests. Tests. Uh, this is just a short, of, short encouragement on uh, the believer and tests. And as a believer, it's one of the things that uh, you need to understand that it's a constant feature in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We must understand that uh, it's a journey we are on. Faith is a journey. The pursuit of Christ is a journey. And the journey has many uh, stages and many seasons. And because of that, we need to understand what tests are and the role they play even in our lives. So that when they come, they don't take us by surprise. And we understand their purpose. And then we'll see how that they are such a blessing even unto us. Hallelujah. Let's quickly go into the scriptures and see uh, some things from the scriptures. Um, Genesis chapter two, um, 8, verse 22. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. There's a very important word there the Lord has for us. And it says, Whilst the earth remains, seek time and harvest cold heat. Summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. He says, whilst the earth remains. Now notice that he's talking about an eternal principle. And, you know, he, he, he describes in the natural that there will be seed time, there will be harvest, there will be cold, there will be heat, there will be summer, there will be winter, there will be day, there will be night. He said, day shall not cease. And these are uh, what you call it. The principles that the earth is founded upon. Uh, fortunately for us, the Lord was also giving us an inkling as to the spiritual reality of life on the earth. And the spiritual reality of life on the earth is that life is lived in seasons. If you're a believer and you don't understand this, uh, your faith may come to places where you are challenged and you are confused and you are wondering what is going on and you may even despair but if you have a more perfect understanding of the spiritual journey that it is in seasons then you are duty bound to find out from the Lord what kind of a season you are in every single time and so it's very important as a believer to you know as you walk with Jesus to know the type of a season that you are in and that is very beneficial you know it makes you stronger in faith it helps you to grow because every season and the rules that you know regard that season and the way we expected to live and behave um, in respect to that particular um, season so here he talks about he says while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold heat summer winter day and night shall not cease meaning that there will be changing seasons the seasons will change in a believer's life, there are two major seasons. Um, I might have shared in the previous video, but I want to reiterate it here. There are two major seasons. Um, the first is the seed time, sowing time. And the second is the harvest time. And so it's so, so, so important you understand it. That as we walk with Jesus, there will be times we are expected to sow. And there are times that we are expected to and the scripture is very clear that we sow in tears and we reap in joy. So that means that that doesn't necessarily mean that 
when it's a season of sowing, you know, it will make us cry. No, it just means that the season of sowing is not the season of enjoyment. It's not a season where you relax or you take things easy. It's not a season where everything goes smoothly. But it's a season where the Lord requires us to apply ourselves more, maybe pray more, fast more, uh, study the word more, you know, walk in love more, give more. So it's like it's a season that more is required of us because we need to pay attention to soul. And if you are sowing, you need to be very, very attentive, else you will not get the intended harvest. You understand what I mean? If a farmer is going to sow and the farmer doesn't pay attention to the soil, doesn't pay attention even to the, the climate of the area, and the farmer sows, what happens is that if he sows maize in a season that is drought, it's not going to get sufficient water to grow the maize. So what will happen? The seed will die under the ground. And it's not going to germinate and of course it's not going to harvest anything so sowing requires a lot of attention and because it requires a lot of attention that's why we say you sow in tears because it's a season where you have to deprive yourself of many comforts many pleasures and many you know enjoyment so that you can maintain that concentration and that focus on the art of sowing and then, of course, when you are successful in sowing, then, of course, you will reach in joy. So whenever you don't pay attention in sowing, what happens is that when you are going to reap, you may not get the intended harvest. So if we want to get the intended harvest of spiritual progress, the intended harvest of spiritual maturity, the intended harvest of, of fulfilling our purposes, and our callings and our ministries then or the internal harvest of getting to a deeper place of knowing jesus then we must be very very particular about our seasons of soul so that's very very important that we need to understand that now one thing that describes the seasons of sowing are what we i call tests 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 now the test describes a season where your faith is put to the test where challenging situations will arise and usually when they happen they demand that you grow to a higher level of faith to be able to surmount them and you understand that either to that experience happening your faith may be at a certain level but after that experience has happened and passed you realize that you mature and your faith increases to another level and so when the law if the lord wants us to grow in faith then the Lord will permit certain things to come our way to test us. Beloved, testing is never, never easy. It's never pleasant. But it's always worth it. Because it seems to be the only way that the Lord can promote us in the spirit and can increase us our capacity. You know, many believers will not pray beyond a certain point if certain situations did not happen to them. There are people who will never stand on their feet to pray for an hour and more if they were not hard-pressed in certain situations. There are people who will never fast, never fast, until certain situations happen to them. So tests are opportunities that the Lord creates for us to enhance, increase our capacity so that we can receive more grace so that we can function the way that the Lord wants us to function. Hallelujah. Because if the Lord does not, if, if impartation always precedes oppression, 
or manifestation. So it means if the Lord does not impart into you, it's very difficult for you to get the results that the Lord wants you to get. And because he has to equip you with grace so that you can function the way he wants you to function, you need to have an expanded capacity to be able to receive more grace. And when you receive more grace, you can do more work for the Lord or you can be more fruitful. So we, we, we need to understand when we talk about tests that they are very, very, very important. The believer must understand tests so, 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 so much. You must appreciate them. You must thank God for them, as we see in the scriptures, because their intended purpose is always good. Hallelujah. Let's examine some scriptures in the light of tests, and then we'll pray, and then we'll go. Let's look at our first scripture, James chapter 1. Uh, we'll read from 1 to 4. James chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. Understand that tests are important. They are very, very important. They are difficult times. They are uncomfortable uh, situations. You know, there are times that maybe in your marriage a certain situation will arise. And one characteristic feature of tests is that they don't go away easily. So you realize that sometimes you, they will happen, you will pray, and it doesn't go away. You confess the word, it doesn't go away. You may even sow a seed, it doesn't go away. You may do all that you know to do and it will not go away. That is how you know that the season you have entered in is a sowing season and it's a season of testing. Once you find yourself in that place, I'll show you what to do. You see, we need to understand it. It's not, it's not uh, all the apostles went through it. Everyone you know that God used went through testing. Hallelujah. You need to understand it. And he's not a wicked God to push us into a situation or a corner and then leave us there. No, that is not the nature of our God. He loves us more than that. But he will push us to the corner. But then, like he did to Moses, when he put Moses in the cleft of the rock, even though Moses looked like his back had been pressed against the wall, but it was in that same place that Moses saw the glory of God. Can you see? Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. But if God is going to show your glory, he needs to increase your capacity. So he says that no man can see my face and live. And so what did he do? He put him in the cleft of a rock and then he says, I'll pass by. And when you, you can see my back. So Moses saw the glory of God. He saw the backside of God. Hallelujah. You need to understand it. And so if we are going to behold his glory, our capacity needs to be expanded. And if our capacity needs to be expanded, then we'll be pressed. We'll see shortly what that is in, before we can experience that depth of glory. It's so important. These are spiritual principles. Everybody went through it. Everybody goes through it, no matter who you are. Hallelujah. Because they are very beneficial. James chapter 1, uh, verse 1 going. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Sorry. Then immediately he zooms into the subject matter. Because the people that he wrote the letters to, that is the 12 tribes, you know who are in various cities and various places and particularly because he's a believer he wrote to the christians and in that season they were under tremendous persecution and, and pressure and, and trials and so that's why he wrote these things even to them hallelujah so he says brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations can you imagine he says you should rejoice <laughs> This is difficult for many believers. 
Because the season you are in is like you lose a child. The season you are in is like somebody close to you dies. The season you are in is like you, there's somebody you expect to behave in a particular way, especially in marriage, and the person is not behaving that way. What do you do? Hallelujah. Or you go in, in your job, in your workplace, you enter into some season of intense persecution. What do you do? Hallelujah. What do you do? Or there's some afflictions or addictions that you have been battling with, you have been trying to push it aside, it doesn't seem to go away. What do you do? That is the question. Hallelujah. But it says, count it all joy. Whoa. How is that possible? <laughs> For me to rejoice when I'm not feeling comfortable? For me to rejoice when, when things are not going as I expect them to be? For me to rejoice when I'm not getting the results that I desire to see? You see? The main thing you need to understand in our relationship with God is that God sees everything. Hallelujah. Including the things that we do not see. Man does not have the ability to see even a microsecond beyond his present reality. Only God can see into the future because he's eternal. He doesn't live in time. Time lives. Time exists in him. He is the beginning. He is the end. And so he knows everything about us. And so when he says we should rejoice, then it means that the end result of the situation we have gone in is going to bring us joy. So then we need to rejoice even now. Hallelujah. Rejoicing, rejoicing means that come from a place, perspective of God. Rejoicing means that you are seeing the situation not from your human uh, perspective or selfish perspective, but you are seeing it from God's perspective. And whenever you have God's perspective, it means you are conscious of God's holy presence. And what does the Bible say? In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. You see, so when when the testing and the trials come, he's, he's exalting you to elevate yourself, to take your eyes off the situation and begin to behold God. In, in Numbers 21, I believe, there's a typical example that describes fits the situation where the Israelites murmured a lot against God and serpents came and beat them and they were dying. And Moses sought the face of the Lord and said, what should I do? And then the Lord told him, you know, erect this bronze snake. And then he said, everybody who looks at the bronze snake, even though he's bitten, he will not die. So the being bitten is the test and the trials that you are going through. It's painful. But so long as you are lifted up your eyes to behold the bronze snake, what happens? He says, you will live. Jesus said the same sentiment in the Gospel of John, where he says, as the bronze snake was lifted up in the desert, so will the Son of Man be lifted up. Hallelujah. And so in our case, we behold Jesus. We look at Jesus. And a lot of times the tests come when our attention is not on the Master. The tests come when we shift our gaze from the important things. And then we shift it onto unimportant things. So when they come, they compel us to take a second look at our faith. To examine what you know, the height from which we are falling so that we can climb up to that place and be restored and follow God's plan. Hallelujah. So it's so important. So when he says rejoice, he's telling us that we should see things from God's perspective and not our perspective. Because when we look at it from our perspective, we cannot rejoice. 
God forbid you've lost a loved one. It's so painful. Hallelujah. How are you going to rejoice in second season? If you look at things from your perspective, but if you look at things from God's perspective, you can rejoice because you know that the Lord has not forsaken you. That in your trying moments, He's still there to shepherd you through um, that season of life. Hallelujah. So He says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. The Greek is diverse or different kinds of trials. Various trials. That's what it, that's what it means. Tests, experiments. <laughs> so it means because it says it's various, it means in our journey of life, we will experience these things in different forms. And because we experience these in different forms, what happens? Hallelujah. We, they will come. You can't run away from them. You need to rather prepare your mind, get up your loins, as the Bible says. And get ready for them so that when they come, you are ready to deal with them. Hallelujah. Let's continue the scripture. It says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Trials. says, but why must you rejoice? And he explains it. He says, knowing that the trying of your faith. So it means that the tests, it's not just tests for testing sake. It is testing our faith. It is proving our faith. It is trying to you know ascertain the veracity the depth of our faith ascertain the sincerity of our love ascertain the strength of our faith you see until your faith is tested you never know how strong you are many believers think that they are very strong in faith they think that oh they can withstand anything but when the wind blows then they shake because the, the tests reveals the strength of the foundation of your faith. And especially when the Lord sees that the foundation of your faith is weak, He will permit many things to come your way. Hallelujah. They are not pleasant things, but it's so, it's so that in the end, your faith will come out the way the Lord wants it to come out. Remember the story of Job? You know, Job, when after all these things happened to Job, there's one thing that Job said. Job said, what I feared greatly has happened to me. Can you imagine? Every single time that Job will go and offer the sacrifices unto God, Job had fear in his heart. So instead of believing that God will protect his children, Job was doing it as a matter of routine. That, oh, I am doing these things, um, you know, so that, you know, I'll satisfy you know, the requirements of divinity so that God is compelled to protect my children. The sacrifices were off being offered out of fear and not faith. And that is what the danger is for many of us. Because so long as our attention is, uh, we serve God out of fear, the foundation of our faith is weak. And so the test must come to expose the strength of that foundation or uh, to uh, expose the strength of that faith so that we can do something about it. Hallelujah. And so he says, the testing or the trying of your faith. Meaning that your faith will be tested. Son of God, get ready. It will be tested. I am ready. It will be tested. Nobody is beyond the season of soul and the, test, the testing phase of life. Nobody is beyond that. Even those who are in the world go through it. How much more those of us who are in Christ Jesus? The Lord Jesus went through it. Do you remember? He went to the wilderness to fast for 40 days. That was a season of testing. Do you remember his statement? He said, 
foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. This is Jesus speaking. This is God Almighty walking in the flesh in a season of testing. He said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. He said, but the Son of Man has no place to lay even his head. Do you see it? Yes. Jesus went through it. We will go through it. Everybody goes through it. Hallelujah. But thank God it says we should rejoice. Why? It says because the testing of our faith works, he says. It gives birth. It produces. And then here he says, uh, the Greek word for work is katagazomai. It means it brings out. So it means there's an innate quality in your spirit, innate quality in your faith, but that innate quality will not be unshelled, will not manifest until there is a testing and there's a trial. So he says, it worketh. Then he says, patience. So it means it brings out, it draws out patience. And the Greek for patience is steadfastness, constancy, and endurance. Whenever I see that a believer is not steadfast, cannot withstand pressures, that believer's faith is weak. It needs to be pumped up. And so you find out that there will be one significant test that is happening over and over and over again. Why? Because that believer has not matured. That believer has not grown. That believer has not progressed. So he's, he lacks the steadfastness. And it says constancy. Meaning that the person has maintained a certain consistency in prayer, consistency in holiness, consistency in fasting, consistency in his work of love. And until you build that 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 capacity, that ability, testing will come. Testing will come. The last one he says endurance. To be able to endure things. Many believers cannot endure much. Immediately something hits them, they're dazed, confused. And they weep and they cry and they just give up. Some even take their lives. Hallelujah. Some people even make regrettable decisions in their season of testing. Instead of praying, they look for the easy way out of things. Hallelujah. But if you allow the season to have its work, you develop endurance. There are times that you may go hungry, but after that, Hunger or food loses its hold on you. It breaks once and for all. Hallelujah. So it's so, so, so important. Then he says, if you continue the scripture, he says, But let patience, let steadfastness, let constancy, let endurance have a perfect work. In other words, finish its work. He says, so that you may be in perfect, mature, you may be entire wanting nothing in other words if there is something lacking in your faith it will be fixed through the season of testing hallelujah let's quickly look at one more scripture and then we call it a day let's look at um second corinthians uh, 10 13 uh, is it also oh, that is first first corinthians let's go there first corinthians 10 uh, 13. I hope that scripture is correct. Yeah, scripture is correct. The Bible says, There had no temptation or testing, trials, taking you, but such as is common to man. 
So nothing that is happening to you is out of the ordinary, the Bible says. It says, but God is faithful. Who will not permit you to be tempted above that you are able? So the testing and the trials the Lord allows, you can handle it. He said, but with the temptation, make a way of escape for it, so that you may be able to bear it. So it may be tough that you are going through, but the Lord has already made a way of escape for you. Meaning that you can pray, meaning that you, it causes you to pray more, it causes you to fast more, it causes you to, you know, sow spiritual seeds. Get into the word more, cut out the distractions of the world, and pay more attention to Jesus. And as you wait out the season, when the season passes, you realize that you have matured and your faith has gone to a higher level. Hallelujah. This is the word. I've brought it to an end. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. That is today's word. Today we talked about tests. Keep shining for Jesus. Father, bless your people. Bless your children. Expand them and enlarge them. In Jesus' name. Amen.